Welcome to this star news segment for the Watson moon leading up to the full moon in Aries on the 29th of September, which is the last major lunation before eclipse season. Now, I have read different takes on today's new moon in Virgo, with some people thinking it's a great time to make concrete plans towards our wildest manifestations, and some could think you need to steer clear of everything, because you don't want to feed some delusions and regret it later on. I fall closer to the first camp, because I think a Virgo new moon with Saturn at 2 degrees of Pisces and the general makeup of the sky being heavily slanted towards Earth signs with six planets across all three, and then six planets in retrograde, although Mercury is about to go direct at 9.21pm UK time, is literally screaming time to get to work. If you are into degree theory, both of the Pisces planets are at a Taurus degree. The whole vibe is to plant the seed for this winter so that it can grow for real. To me, this moon looks like we are asked to think boldly on the macro level and then bring it down to exquisite details on the micro level. And that's sort of the vibe of the card I pulled for the first week of this period, which is the Ten of Cups. It's the week of the autumn equinox in the northern hemisphere, or Mabon, if you celebrate it within a specific tradition, which is a harvest festival. It kicks off the Libra season as the second time of the year where day and night are of equal length. And like all the harvest festivals comes with the vibe of giving thanks for the harvest that has passed and petitioning the gods for a good winter. Now, you don't have to believe in any deities to see the point of this period in time as the turn of the seasons as preparing for the next cycle. Ten of Cups is often seen as the fairy tale ending, with my deck depicting a happy family looking forward towards a bright sun with the cups shaped as a rainbow. And I think the image is beautiful and poignant. And I can see in it the energies that correspond to the chart of the coming days ahead of the festival itself. The new moon is taking place towards the end of her journey through Virgo at the 21st degree, which is such degree if you want to bring in more of that abundance vibe through degree theory. If you have listened to this podcast long enough, you probably know that I am a big proponent of shifting our identity as a core pillar of magic and manifestation. I am also a big proponent of embodiment. So you may have heard if you have listened to the 8 in 8 minutes wealth activation series on the I Date Money podcast with Lisa Drennan that came out last week. I'll drop the link in the show notes if you haven't checked it out and would like to. My main interview with her came out last week too, if you want to hear me talk about something other than the planets for a change. And this is why I'm falling into the pro-manifestation camp for the new moon. Seems to me like a good time to become more intentional about the actions we take and the decisions we make in order to become the person who, as the manifestation girlies would put it, is an energetic match for the life they want to attract. And yes, beware of being delusional. 
But that doesn't mean you can't dream big. You just have to be willing to step up to be the person who lives accordingly and not just put it in your journal and daydream about it as a coping strategy for the life you have now. Which, by the way, no judgment. That's been how I survived childhood. Of course, it's not going to be the work of one moon cycle, even if I do believe in quantum leaps. You can heal and change fast as long as you hit that one domino piece at the beginning of the structure so that once that one falls, all the others will fall too. There is no need to think of ourselves as broken and in need of fixing and become stuck in a cycle of giving away our power to people trying to find the miracle cure for them. But it's not the work of a moon cycle because it's a lifestyle choice. There will always be an edge where more work is required. And if we am expecting to ever arrive before we can enjoy ourselves, we will never enjoy ourselves. Our ten of caps energy needs to be a sense of contentment that we carry with us and we can tap into at will if it's one of those situations where we aren't just living it automatically. As always, Knowing where the aspects are taking place for you in the context of your birth chart can be a helpful guide to narrow down which areas of your life to focus on. Also Virgo being the sign of logic and detail and the sixth house themes of health and the day-to-day details is a great time if you are looking at starting new habits or circling back to projects that you dropped and could do with a renewed dose of discipline. Quick plug. I have a few such projects myself, including my upcoming workshops such as Photography for Self-Empowerment and Business Alchemy. You can sign up to the waitlist and be the first to know when I finally get around to making them live and my website www.alexisneve.com slash workshops. Now, back to the sky of the next two weeks. We are leading up to an Aries moon which has the energy of action of a cardinal fire and so that to me reinforces the Watsi moon as a time to make adjustments and prepare like a dress rehearsal before the opening of a play or whatever metaphors works for you. First quarter next week will be in Sagittarius and there are some interesting aspects coming up. The last few days of Sun in Virgo we'll see it in a shrine with Uranus on the 16th opposite Neptune on the 19th and in a shrine with Pluto on the 21st, and finally entering Libra at 7.50am UK time on the 23rd. On the 17th, we have one of the Venus square with Jupiter of this summer, which off the top of my head is the third time we saw this aspect, but don't quote me on that. It doesn't have like the vibe of a return to me. Like we are circling over themes and making adjustments and going deeper in the same context. It's due benefits, so it's one of those aspects that most astrologers would agree isn't hard, even when they think squares are hard aspects, but I do think the archetypes can represent two contrasting approaches to things, and the square can highlight that. Could be a good energy though to harness for magical workings in either of their domains, or the domains of the signs they're in, especially since Jupiter is in Venus's home territory. 
Venus will also have two more aspects, a trine with Chiron on the 23rd and a square with Uranus at the time of the full moon. On the 24th, we have another Chiron aspect, an opposition with Mars in Libra. And then on the 25th, it'll be Jupiter with another transit, a trine with Mercury. It's a good time to act on healing the wounds around Venus's stains. Since we have the wounded healer followed by the planet of freedom from constriction. If there was a time to quantum leap, I'd say this is it. On a collective level, nothing of note is happening at the full moon that is different from the new moon we just had, except for the obvious sun in Libra and Lilith within opposition range of Saturn, as it shifted two degrees to being within that range. I wouldn't normally think this is noteworthy, but it is an Aries moon, and in the context we'll be talking about of laying the foundations for shifting identities and manifesting bigger things, there's a vibe to this aspect that becomes a powerful go-getter. Now, I know most people in manifestation circles will be going anathema at this because they see taking action to go after what you want as equivalent to the old paradigm hustling, but it's a little thin Leo at the anoretic degree, or as I call it, the Leo degree of Leo for maximum main character energy. And Saturn in Pisces bringing this dose of realism to the realm of the liminal, which is not my mother's idea of realism that is just every rational fears born of trauma, but the ability to discern the best way to bring a vision into reality. After all, before the discovery of the modern planets, the ruler of Aquarius was Saturn, and many would still hold a traditional rulership even when they use the modern planets. Not going to enter into that debate now, but it's worth mentioning because at the heart of that dual rulership stands the tension between progress and conservation. Neither the old or the new are worthy in their own right. There are rules and systems that are meant to be dismantled, but just because something is new and modern, it doesn't mean it's automatically a better way. Saturn knows how to discern that, and that's a powerful energy to bring together with Lilith's edgy devil maker rebel wipe. It's a great time to look at limiting beliefs and taking action to overcome that fear and build that trust in yourself, although of course always be mindful not to push yourself outside of a comfort zone too far too fast if you have trauma around it. So my advice is that you look at this period as almost the same lunation, individuate what stands in the way of your intentions and then reverse engineer what inner work and outer work that can happen these next two weeks and what magical workings can support you in that. And now I said it, it feels kind of obvious, but I never noticed it. Like if we live by the cycles of astrology, they are cycles and the such things blend into one another without hard boundaries. Anyway, since we are shifting to a new astrological season mid-period, I'm pulling a second card, and for maximum chaos, I have reshuffled the Ten of Cups back into the deck. However, our card for the beginning of Libra season is the Queen of Wands. She is one of my favorite archetypes, and the one most easily identified with me, and I love that it is the Queen and not the King that came up, given the energy I just discussed, because to me the queens have a going inwards vibe. 
and there's some implicit permission to look after ourselves and do things for our own enjoyment without always being pressured into making things happen for the greater good. That's all for now. I'll be back with the regular Thursday episode to talk about the upcoming major showers and with the Libra Witchy Musings over on Substack on the 19th. Until next time, keep living in wonder.